Everyone knows how to play poker. Poker, poker. But do you know how to play poker well? Well, get ready to talk poker strategy with the people who run the games. Hear interviews with the stars. Get information on when to play, where to play, and how to play better poker. Poker. This is Poker Action Live, a weekly poker show with your hosts Big Dave Lemon and Joe Rodriguez. Welcome once again, everyone. Uh, bring you Poker Action Line from South Florida. And uh, we're going to start off the show with a few things about South Florida poker and what's coming up. But I uh, have some interesting things tonight to talk about. So uh hope you'll stick around and enjoy the entire show. And uh, obviously, if you have to go do something else, you can come back to it another time. But uh, uh, thanks for joining us and picking up the show. We, we thank everybody that downloads the show on either uh, Spotify or on uh, SoundCloud, great places to get the show. You can always tweet it to one of your friends if you really want them to hear uh, a particular thing they're interested in. And we have an interesting discussion. Uh, uh, the, pro- probably not uh, that big a deal for the actual player because they just assume that the dealer is going to tell them what the proper uh, bet is and if they do something wrong. And if he doesn't know, he can call his floor supervisor over and they can get things straightened out. But they uh, particularly don't understand all the rules, and I didn't either. So I'm going to bring this up a little later in the show, and, and Joe and I will go over it. But uh, there are a few things happening here in South Florida, including today the opening of the poker room over at Calder Casino. Uh, now, it's basically uh, just the uh, banked table games to start out with, but uh, Ralph Brandt, the uh, – former tournament director of over at the aisle is uh, running that room. And he has uh, supposedly been telling people from what I hear that uh, they hope to have uh, some real tables soon down the road. I don't know how long that will be, but they're at least moving back into the poker realm. Called her a nice room with lots of space and lots of uh, interesting aspects to that room. Uh, I was over there a few times during the uh, off season from Highlight, and uh, they are not playing Highlight right now and probably won't for a while, but they do have the uh, casino and now a card room once again. So uh, just a soft opening today. Uh, one of the things I saw uh, interesting about it, Joe, and, and I know you have a, a relative that is working over there, but there is no reference whatsoever to the studs card room. Uh, no. <laughs> they're calling it, they're calling it uh, the card room at Calder Casino is the name of the, of the room. I think that's what that's a very smart move to do. Why is that? Because once you've closed the card room, players because poker players forget it, and all they they don't forget it. Excuse me, I should I should correct that. It's, they don't forget it. What they remember is that you closed the room down, which is a situation that we had to suffer with through two years ago almost. Okay. Um, you know because you know that March first is officially our two year anniversary at Casino Miami. Really? Okay. So, um, and you're right. My, my, yes. And, um, well, I'm going to, I'm going to jump in real quick here before I forget, because today, for those who are listening to us down the road and it's not on today, I've been posted, uh, today is national margarita day. And I've been making a few margaritas <laughs> since I got home. You made a couple of, a couple of deposits. And my huh? brother-in-law, and my, listen, and my brother-in-law, who does work there, his sister-in-law found out. My sister-in-law found out. She's on her way to drink some of my margaritas that I made. But very uh, good. Yeah, we are. Uh, next Monday, uh, a week from today, is two years that we officially opened. We did a soft opening, just like you mentioned at the beginning of the show about Calder. You know, uh, doing a soft opening today on February twenty-eighth, 
And this coming Sunday, uh, I was going to mention it later, but I hope you don't mind that I take a few moments to do it now. We are having our second tournament uh, okay. at Casino Miami this Sunday on February 28th, which was our soft opening two years ago, Dave. Uh, we're having our second tournament. Um, last month on the 31st, we had our first uh, guaranteed $5,000 in prize pool with a $60 buy-in, $2,500 for first place. We're doing the same thing this month. Last month, it was a huge success. We generated a prize pool of 6400 with uh, thirty, almost 3200 going to first place. So um, we're hoping to duplicate those numbers or better than if possible uh, with our limited capacity of 49 seats. Uh, so that's what we're doing uh, this coming Sunday. And, it, uh, you know, to commemorate our second year anniversary, we have some actually some really nice T-shirts that, um, you know, that they allowed me to have uh, made. And uh, we'll be giving them out for that tournament. So whoever listens to our show from now till then, uh, we will have early registration starting on Saturday. And uh, the tournament begins at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And, again, the buy-in is only 60000 with a 15,000-unit uh, starting stack. And 15 minute blind levels and uh you know we got nothing but great great you know great responses from it and uh the only negative dave was the we're using the chips that the previous administration had and i you know i don't know if the guy was colorblind <laughs> the guy who who ordered the chips last time but the, but what what are supposed to be black chips which are hundred dollars chips and live chips and hundred dollar units uh i've ordered them and hopefully they will be in before the start of this tournament, because uh, the chips, our hundred dollar chips, look too much like our five thousand dollar chips. So, which is uh, the, the gray ones? Uh, no, they're like this. I can't even describe. I'd, I'd be using very bad words right now to describe <laughs> <laughs> to describe what these, what these morons did before us there. But um, you know, they, they God willing, they will be in there before the end of the week when we have our tournament. Now let's get back we, to my brother-in-law, who's at call. If you like, or do you well? Want before to you do, before you do, I want to ask one question. You had mentioned to me, and we never got to it on the air, but uh, I think uh, you told me about a room that actually had chips delivered, and they weren't completely flat. That's a disaster. Uh, well, that's the room that you've been talking about. I called it. I called it. Okay. <laughs> and I hope I'm not getting anybody into trouble here. But, uh, yeah, they ordered chips. Uh, unfortunately, half of them came warped somehow. Um, obviously, that's a huge problem. Yeah, it, cut, it cuts into people's uh, um, chip flipping and uh, shuffling. As it turns out, forget about chip flipping. You can't put them in the tray. You can't put them in racks. Um, yeah, that just doesn't look very professional. And, right. um, you know, we both know that Ralph Brandt is a professional. As you mentioned, he was the tournament director at the aisle. Um, so the company did good, as far as I understand. They um, told them, obviously, not to worry about it. They would send them the whole shipment again. And, um, you know, I'm sure Ralph, because I know I would be doing this, so I'm only assuming that Ralph would be doing this. Uh, I'd be salvaging the ones that aren't damaged. So, you know, you, you kind of got those for free, so to speak, you know. So uh, well, that, well, that's good going forward for them. Yeah, the uh, the lack of a studs moniker on the room. I think uh, the one thing I wanted to point out was they had those beautiful chairs that were super comfortable with a really nice studs uh, poker room logo. Uh, they still have them, you think, or uh, might bring them back at a later date? 
I don't know if they will be bringing them back um, as we are speaking. I don't want to say anything, but my sister-in-law, <laughs> whose, whose, whose husband we are talking mm. about right now, uh, okay. just walked in to have one of my margaritas. Myra, it's in the refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, enjoying, I'm enjoying my smart national margarita day here. But, um, yeah, they um, – um, I'm sorry, I forgot the question now that you asked me. Forgive me. The studs was uh, withers. They would use oh, studs, studs later. Studs, yeah. And actually, they <laughs> were the first room. They were actually the first room, Dave, if you remember, that did have outstanding chairs. Yeah, the beautiful chairs. For the dealers, for the um, for the for the players, you know, um, it really was. Uh, but they they do have to kind of distance themselves from that, and you know. It's, I don't want I don't know how you want to take this or anybody else, but when I opened up my room in 2013, in January of 2013, um, I came out very aggressive with my promotions. I uh, did a very detailed uh, analysis as to how I could generate four million dollars worth of revenue a year. We were on pay. We were we generated probably closer to five million dollars. And our local competition back then, Dave, was Magic City. Yeah. Which was at that time known as Flagler Dog Track. Flagler, okay? right. Hialeah, which has become a monster on the scene, uh, was non existent at that time. You know, John Brunetti uh, was, I don't know, at the beginning they were still fighting with the state to. Yeah, they, know, they were in a hor- horse racing purgatory. <laughs> Exactly, you know, uh, created by by his own, you know, greed. At greed, that time. yeah. Greed, that's you the know, word. Uh, that's a show for another time. But, um, you know, so Magic City has been doing an unbelievable job. You know, whether they're my competitors or not, you can't deny the numbers. Uh, you know, Ian over there and, and – uh, I forgot the name of the owners. I'm sure you know. The, uh, the uh, Havinix. 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 Yeah, yeah Havinix, Iz- Izzy and Alex. They've done an unbelievable job. Um, you know, they really have. They're yeah, great and with highlight too. Create, creating a highlight court too. Right. And, and you, know, that, you know, that's a credit to, to them. You know, that really right. is. Uh, there's no taking anything away from them. They've done an, an unbelievable job. So, Believe it, you know, that was who I was targeting, Dave. You know, yeah. um, they yeah. got a big head start on us because we were delaying our funding to, you know, create the casino. Avenix are, you know, family owned and, you know, God bless them, have family money to do what they yeah. So once, once we with them and we opened up this room, I put together a detailed analysis as to how I was going to try to compete. And to be a, you know, I was extremely successful i i i exceeded what i told them that i would be capable of doing and um the people who suffered the most i thought it would be magic city would take a hit dave and and they were averaging about seven thousand. okay and calder which was in dade county doing second best they would probably doing somewhere at be at the at one time around half a million dollars a month well, when I started doing it, they were doing about four hundred and twenty, four hundred and thirty, four hundred and forty thousand dollars in revenue. Well, Dave, when we when we finished our first month, their numbers dropped by half, which means we took that half yeah. from them. Well, and Mad and uh, Gulfstream, Gulfstream, and, and Mardi Gras, which is now the Big Easy, each dropped about a hundred and something thousand, 
And I and people go, so how much did you affect Magic City? And I always tell them, we weren't even a pimple on their ass compared to. They yeah. wound up dropping thirty thousand the first month, which is literally nothing compared to seven hundred thousand dollars. So, well, uh, you know, kudos to them. Yeah, for sure. Serious uh, competition in South Florida, no question. Job always. Uh, let me just mention as I close up the caller thing, they have a new slogan there: luckier, friendlier, caller. <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. That's on their that's on their website there. <laughs> okay, well, listen, they got it. They they actually have to reinvent themselves. They they really do. Uh, you know, they were very successful for such a long time. Like I said, I took a lot of their business away. Um, they also, you know, Calder uh, like Dania is literally in in the lion's den as you know yeah, for sure okay because sure. you're looking you know, at the, hard, the hard rock, rock yeah absolutely. the hard rock is what 10 12 minutes away 15 at the most yeah not uh, even probably golf stream about the same golf stream in the big easy about the same distance uh pompano i mean you know the aisle probably about another record 10 minutes away from there and not to mention then you got magic city everything is within either 10 15 minutes to 20 minutes to half an hour yeah, we all are in that thing, but they're in they're in the middle of it, and um, they did a great job when they when they were first open, as you said, the studs uh, poker room. Uh, you know, it was something very proud. I can't remember who the poker room manager was back then, Dave. Maybe you can remember who it was, uh, but they did a great job. You know, unfortunately, they closed their room down. Ralph knows this. You know, you close a room down, you open up in the same location, you got to reinvent yourself. You know. People's last memory of Studs Poker Room was closing, and it's not a, it's yeah. not a good memory. It really isn't. Well, and they, same with they, us. They, we went through the same thing. They did have a real revolving door of uh, poker managers, and that was part of the problem, I think. But anyway, let's move on to some of the other places because uh, Dania is opening their poker room uh, on March the 1st, and they have some interesting promotions. I just don't wanted to mention those. But before I do, I'll mention the uh, Seminole Hard Rock, uh, the Escalator event this year, which I believe is the fifth annual, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, they had their first event and they had a great turnout. There were six opening flights and they uh, brought in uh, 699 entries Wow! and uh, had a uh, over $100,000 prize pool. It was a 50,000 guarantee for that first event with a 150 buy-in, but they ended up with uh, about 108,000 prize pool. And one of our friends of the show, uh, Howard Mesh, who has been on a couple of times, the senior champion a couple of years ago at the uh, World Series of Poker, uh, finished in actually in second. Uh, they had uh, a split, uh, a, uh, a two-person chop at the end, and uh, finished up uh, the tournament there. So uh, the first round of the escalator is complete. There will be three more weeks. The first one was 150, as I mentioned. The second one's a 250 buy-in with a 100,000 guarantee. That is this coming weekend. Uh, then a $400 buy-in with a 150K guarantee and a $600 buy-in to close things out with a 200K guarantee. So the one thing, reason, the one way they're connected is if you make the final table in the first three tournaments, you get an automatic entry into the next one. So this is Escalator 5, and they're finishing up there at the uh, Seminole Hard Rock Casino. Also, they announced uh, the dates for the WPT Poker Showdown, which will be in April. Uh, kicks off with uh, the first event on April the 15th, which is a uh, $600 buy-in tournament. There'll be uh, uh, 
six uh, opening sessions in that one, $600 buy-in with a uh, $500,000 guarantee. That kicks off the tournament. There'll be some uh, nice mixed game events in the early part of that tournament. And then they'll play the uh, $2 million guaranteed main event, $3,500 buy-in beginning on April the 24th. So that's the hard rock. The other news is Dania, uh, who I'm at, uh, working at there. Uh, Dave Berman is a good friend who used to also be at the aisle that is running that room there now. And they've been running two tables uh, for some high roller, regular high rollers that come in. And uh, they've only had the uh, player bank games besides that. So really not a lot of regular poker, but they're actually opening six more tables beginning on March the 1st. And uh, here's their new uh, promotion. They will have the plexiglass dividers on the table. Uh, if, they, if they get all eight tables filled, they're going to have um, $400 uh, high hands throughout the day every half hour. So um, if there's less tables, there'll be a little bit less in the price. But there also will be free T-shirt giveaway for them with quads or better. But the interesting thing I found most interesting is that uh, normally the room was opening at 10, but they are now opening at 9 a.m. And for the first hour, they're going to have a $1,000 high hand uh, every day. It's getting people to come in at 9 a.m. Is that going to draw? I hate to say that, but it's not. Because um, when I started working there, a gentleman that I trained many years ago, back in 97, very capable young man, Elio Molina, was running that room. And they started with at 9 o'clock in the morning, with un- incredible high hands. And um, I hope I'm wrong for Dave's sake and for Dania's sake, you know, but, um, you know, their history has been that it's a tournament room. Um, and they've hung their hat on that. You know, they have those high limit games that you talk about, which is really nice. The dealers that do work there, you know, if you hit the right high stake player there, you have a chance to make some money. But, um, you know, it's very difficult. And uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show about Calder being in the Lions, then Dania's, Dania's dead center in the Lions, then, you know, because they're five, six, seven minutes away from the Hard Rock. Same thing for the big, easy golf stream. And the island is maybe fits away on 90. And they just, it's a beautiful room, Dave. You and I know that. You, you work there now. I work there. I'll be honest with you. Their room is as nice as any poker room in this town. Is And, and, and the, you know, the privacy of being up on the second floor, the big bar, you know, it has all the amenities to, to just be an incredible room. And they just haven't had very much luck, you know, getting it to be what it is. They've, they've spent a ton of money. I got to, you know, I'm not going to mention the numbers, but. I was privy to the numbers back when I worked for them. Um, it, it's mind-boggling, Dave, to be honest with you. Uh, if any of us had a business like that, it wouldn't have lasted more than a month, a month, a month and a half, if that, uh, with that amount of money that they were giving out. Uh, obviously, they were trying to produce something big there, and credit to the people who run that day, but they haven't had much luck. You know, it, it, you and I played, remember, we played in a, in a, in a what's it, in a Dan Lebitard-sponsored tournament back uh, yeah. many, many years ago that we went there. And what was our friend's name from the newspapers that used to be there? Um, sorry, forgive me that I forgot his name. Oh, uh, Nick Sordle. Nick, Nick Sordle was there. And, uh, you know, they had a gorgeous room. And up on the second floor, um, 
you know, I wish my room was like that, to be honest with you. And I guarantee you, if you pulled almost all the poker managers, maybe outside of the hard rock, they'd all want that. It was spacious, lots of room between the tables, private away from everybody. Probably one of the reasons that those big games that you mentioned earlier love being there, uh, Big Dave. So, you know, it's just a damn shame, you know, they, um, you know, for whatever reason, they got the label as a tournament rule. And you're talking about they want to do big, you know, I know that's what Dave Berman is. That's what I would be thinking of doing. I used to always tell them, listen, you can open up at nine o'clock in the morning uh, when your competition is opening up at 10. Elio Molina, who was there for a while, tried to do that. Uh, I, I'm not sure if this came out before, but I mentioned how much money they gave away. They gave away incredible amounts of money uh, to attract poker players there. They uh, they just couldn't do it. Yeah. You know, people well, could, you know, people. You know, don't in all, in all fairness, in all fairness to Dave Berman, uh, after he came in, they were doing a little over a hundred thousand a month, which is not good. Uh, he actually had it up to well over 300,000 at the very end before they had to shut the room down again. So uh, you know how tough it is to not have a straight through schedule where people know when you're open and to uh, take these breaks. We've seen it in Highline and different things where they shut down for three months. It's just impossible to keep a, a big audience uh, consistent with that, uh, that kind of opening and closing. Well, listen, if he was doing 300,000 in live poker, that would have been something impressive, Dave. Yeah. But, uh, well, he I'm was last summer here because I don't. I, no, not in live poker. He was doing it. Uh, when I say live poker, well, I mean, yeah, okay, maybe part of it was tournaments. I don't know. There you go. There you okay. Go. So, well, let's move on uh, because I just thought it was interesting. We'll see what how it works. It was new to me to see him open at 9 a.m. and have a thousand dollar high hand. Uh, I think there was a certain audience out there that would come in early. Uh, we'll see what happens. You know. Whether you can keep them there the whole day long, I don't know, but uh, we'll see. They start on March the 1st, which I believe is uh, Tuesday. So uh, we'll check that out uh, next week and uh, see what happens. Uh, well, March the 1st is going to be Monday because that's my it's a Monday. Yeah. yeah, you're right. It is a Monday. Okay, let's take a break here on the show. I want to talk about the uh, the raise, the incomplete raise and what the correct one is. I also want to got a couple other things. I've been uh, following the Polk Negranu aftermath of their game. Uh, I wanted to mention a couple things about that, although we'll probably get into it a little bit more down the road. Uh, I found that an interesting thing, but it does look like uh, Negranu is going to take on Phil Hellmuth in a head-to-head match, and uh, that, too, is very attractive for a lot of people in the poker world. You're listening to Poker Action Line. We'll be back with more of the show. Don't forget that you can always pick us up on SoundCloud, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts, any place you get your podcasts on a regular basis. Love to have you review the show. Uh, subscribe to it and uh, let us know what you want. You can always send me an email at lemondave at yahoo.com, L-E-M-M-O-N, Dave, at yahoo.com. We'll be back after more of the sh- with more of the show after these messages. This is Poker Action Line. Hi, this is Big Dave from PokerActionLineRadio.com. I want to let all avid poker players know about a great new lottery game that was developed by one of our sponsors, Atlantic West Management Group. This game is now available worldwide on the Internet and will be served as Place Your Chips Caribbean and operated on the Internet as an international lottery by Atlantic West. The Texas Hold'em poker-like game is perfectly legal everywhere and presented as a lottery game with tickets available on the Internet. 
You can win pick six lottery tickets and cash prizes by using your poker playing skills. It's open to lottery players worldwide, and right now this game is in a play-for-free test mode, and you are not obligated to purchase anything. You can get 50,000 free play chips per ticket for the purpose of evaluating the game with no prizes awarded until the game goes live. The lottery customer can purchase a ticket with a unique number that will grant them entry into one of many Texas Hold'em poker tables with a chip stack and like a lottery game, the prize value will be based on ticket sales. That chip stack will be valid for the remainder of the week as players can access the site as often as they like to try and take the chip lead. At the end of the week, the highest chip stacks will be awarded lottery prizes, and if you lose all your chips, the lottery ticket becomes null and void. As with regular lottery games, you can purchase as many entries as you like. However, each ticket stands on its own merit, and much like the regular lottery, the results of multiple tickets cannot be combined toward a prize. The name of this game is Place Your Chips Caribbean, and you can access a live demonstration of the game right now at www.placeyourchipscaribbean.com. We believe that when it goes live soon, there will be a heavy demand for this game, as most lottery players would much rather have some say in the outcome of their lottery result. Their odds of winning are greatly improved if they're able to utilize their playing skills in order to increase their chances of winning. I hope that you will try the Play for Free demonstration and hope that you will join us when the Play for Real game becomes available later this year. From the vantage point, Mafatu saw six war canoes drawn upon the beach, but what held the boy's eyes in awful trance were the figures springing and leaping about the flames, darting, shifting, bounding toward the sky. The eaters of men. Cannibals. Firelight glistened on the royal bodies, on flashing spears and bristling decorations. Mafatu watched the strange scene, powerless to move, and he felt doom itself breathing chill upon his neck. In that very instant, he heard a crashing in the undergrowth. Four figures were tearing toward him through the jungle. He could see them now. He turned and ran blindly down the trail, slipping, sliding, stumbling, his breath all but choking in his throat. Only one thought gave him courage as he ran, his canoe ready and waiting. If only he could reach it before the savages overtook him. Explore new worlds. Find out what happens next by reading the book Call It Courage by Armstrong Sperry. For other great book ideas, visit literacy.gov. A message from the Library of Congress and the Yard Council. Show, Big D Lemon, Joe Rodriguez. Uh, well, three quarters of Joe Rodriguez, I guess. Uh, well, let me tell you, this, is, this reminds me of, of the Firebird. I, I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah, the fireballs. Fireball. We, were, we had the Fireball show with uh, Regette uh, in the studio. She brought in a bottle of fireball, uh, so We were hammering those down. Joe Costello wasn't there for that one, but uh, uh, he that wasn't? Was, that, no, that was Geo, I think, was there. Mm. So, well, he missed it. That was very good. <laughs> yeah, we uh, we did quite a few fireball shots. I have to remember. <laughs> yeah, I know I was feeling no pain after the show, so, and I know I'm not going to feel any pain today. So, <laughs> you're <laughs> off to a good start. Anyway, uh, both Daniel and both, um what's his first name? Polk, Doug Polk, and Daniel Negreanu were on <laughs> podcasts. And I haven't even had a shot yet. Yeah, what's your excuse, uh, Dave? I'm the, yeah, one drink, yeah, exactly. I'm the one I'm the one drinking it. It's affecting him. So well, I go. hope this is somewhat entertaining out there. Anyway, Negranu and uh, and Polk both appeared on uh, Poker News Podcast. Um, I'm not up quite to that level where I can get uh, Danny Negranu on the show anytime I want. Although he probably would do it. I, I probably just haven't worked hard enough at it. Anyway, they talked a little bit about... Uh, uh, the aftermath of the show. Um, I don't want to get into too d- deep with it. Uh, Negreanu felt like he uh, did a pretty good job for a guy that was heavily favored over him. 
And uh, even though that uh, he lost the match, he felt like it improved his game big time. We talked about that last week. Uh, the one interesting thing I wanted to mention was uh, the partner of Doug Polk in Upswing Poker, which is his uh, teaching site, uh, was pretty nasty about it afterwards. And, uh, you know, was teasing uh, Negranu on uh, Instagram and online, showed off the back of his new car. He went out and bought. Uh, a brand new Lamborghini and uh, put on it the license plate TYD Negs. Thank you, Daniel Negranu. So it's a beautiful car, but, uh, you know, those guys won a, a load of money. Uh, it was a $1.2 million win. I'm not sure how much fee had as a portion of that, but I'm sure uh, enough to buy a Lamborghini, that's for sure. Hmm. Well, Listen, today's culture is a little different than when you and I grew up, <laughs> you know. That wasn't very much accepted back in our days, uh, you know. But, uh, hey, it is what it is. They're trying, to, they're trying to generate people to come to their site and pay money to, you know, to their teaching site. So um, it's a little different world than what, than, at least than the one I grew up in. Yeah, for sure. Well, Negreanu wasn't happy about it, and he fought back on uh, – on uh, Twitter, I guess it was. I'm not sure if it was Twitter, but he said, uh, hey, if you're listening, little Fifi with the little pinky dick, uh, obviously it's immature to mock a guy because he has a small <laughs> little pinky penis, but it's not his fault, right? If I thought it was, if, but I thought it was funny. So if you don't like it, don't listen. He said, there's a support group out there for you uh, to learn how to please a woman. So uh, he uh, he took it pretty seriously. <laughs> Anyway, good, like anyway I'm sure Fee will end up uh, trying to cash in by challenging Negreanu later on in the in a poker match as well. But uh, Polk, known as one of the uh, uh, one of the top heads up online players, and uh, in the end, he won about six hundred thousand in the last two sessions too for a one point two million dollar win. Mm -hmm. Moving on from uh, the Polk Negreanu match. Uh, we'll obviously follow Polk and uh, Helmuth, whoever gets together. We've had a lot of big matches with Phil Galfond and Chance Corneth, a few others uh, that have gone on there. So it keeps things kind of flowing along in the poker world when there's not a lot of big tournaments with big-name players. So uh, I think it's a good thing. Anyway, uh, talking about a bad thing in the world of poker, uh, you know, if you follow the show over the years, we were good friends with the guys from uh, the uh, Players Poker Championship, the PPC and they ended up losing their uh, business when they actually shorted some people uh, being accused of a Ponzi scheme and that sort of thing. And we haven't heard from them in a couple of years. And not really to just bring them up, except there was a somewhat similar case that, uh, that happened in the Midway Poker Tour. Uh, they tried to have an online event. Uh, the founder of the Midway Poker Tour, Dan uh, Bekovic, Bekovac, uh, was... Uh, had a problem because uh, he promised these players a big payout and it was uh, marred by the controversy that he was unable to pay them basically because of a law. They used a charity connection to the event. Uh, it was an $1,100 buy-in and according to the rules in uh, Illinois, it was played in Chicago area, uh, he could only pay $500 over the buy-in according to the state laws. So they said he had to figure out another way to pay people. Uh, you know, he was trying to find a way to pay them in silver. 
And uh, that didn't work out. And basically, the top players got shorted most of the money. There was $55,000 uh, that they were shorted. I don't know if people remember this story very closely, but uh, the, the 55000 I think 27000 were to the winner and the second-place finisher. So this guy just absolutely disappeared for a while. Uh, now we uh, have seen him showing up at the Midway Poker Tour Championship Tournament, and he showed up as a player, uh, you know, Huge cajones to uh, do that uh, has still not made those players right, and uh, he took a lot of grief and, and tried to play in this tournament. Did not even make day two, but uh, just uh, you can find some information about that story on uh, Poker News. Just came out a story by Chad Holloway, so check that out. Uh, Midway Poker Tour founder Dan Beckovac plays an event after ghosting players. So uh, um, I found that to be kind of an interesting story, a kind of a reenactment of some of the shadier side of poker. People get into the business for lots of reasons, usually because they just really love the game, but some people like to use it for their own personal advantage, and that can be obviously a real problem. Uh, a few other things going on. Um, when Joe gets back, we'll try to talk about this other case, but uh, actually he is I'm not back. back. Oh, he's back. Okay. <laughs> So uh, yes, let me talk a little bit about this uh, poker dealers uh, post by Danny Clark, uh, because it was something that I was completely unaware of. I know as a poker room director, you would know the answer, but uh, he put up this scenario and wanted to find out what people thought about it. I guess it's not the first time he's done it, but uh, in a one, two, no limit cash game, four players see the flop. Uh, player A bets a hundred on the flop. Player B goes all in for 125 and player C says raise. The question is, is what is the minimum legal raise? And uh, I'll say that, I'll just tell you that most of the people said 200. 92 votes out of 168 said 200. 66 votes said 225. And there was 10 other votes for uh, various and sundry things. What's the answer, Joe? Well, the answer as of today um, is 225 is the correct answer. Um in my days, when I first started in this business, you had absolute—you um, had two options: you could complete the 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 raise to two hundred, or you could make a full raise to two twenty-five. Um, as poker is being played today, the raise would be to two twenty-five. That's how the dealers should be taught in schools today. If you're a dealer, if you're someone out there listening to our show, thinking of going to dealer school. That would be the way that I would teach it, and anybody else teaching poker would be telling you, in no limit, anything that's not a full raise is not a raise. It's just a continual bet. So since the bet was 100, it would just add 25 to it, and all you could raise it by is an okay. extra 100. Uh, one of the guys that says, uh, posted on there said uh, uh, you need to call the bet you face and add the increment. So the, the minimum raise would be 225. Matt Savage also uh, wrote in on a, on a tweet and said that uh, 225. But you figure all these poker dealers out there, or maybe some are players, I'm not sure. But, uh, uh, you know, about 40% said uh, 200. They didn't know. And you rely, obviously, on the poker dealers well, to know the rules. But they call it it's the most misunderstood poker rule in No Limit Hold'em called the Incomplete Raise All-In. That is correct, Dave. And to be honest with you, like I mentioned before, uh, in the old days, you had two options. You could complete the, ra the, the full raise to 200, or you could make it to 25. 
as as poker is today, it would be two twenty five. So, um, but that being said, Dave, people need to understand out there that um, just like the uh, TDA rules, you know, was something that was put forth with Linda Johnson and and a bunch of other you know great poker minds to try to you know come up with general rules that almost all tournament rooms should follow, especially when tournaments you know, blowing up many years ago. Um, rooms have their own uh, rules, they, you know, and when I would train dealers, I would say, this is the way it generally is. This is how it is in probably 90% or higher of poker rooms, but wherever you go to apply for a job, you need to, you know, acclimate yourself to whatever the house rules are. So uh, that being said, 225 is the correct answer, but, you know, what they if you're in a room where the poker manager tells you 200 is, is the correct answer, then that is the correct answer for that room. Okay. Obviously, we're having a little bit of problem with Joe's uh, feed buffering a little bit. Um, we might cut the show just a little bit early here. But, uh, you know, it's got nothing to do with National uh, Margarita Day. I can, I can assure you of that. No, sorry. Let me tell you, I'm, <laughs> I'm speaking as clearly as I can with as much tequila as I've taken in today. Yeah, for sure. Uh, a few other things we want to get to in the next couple of weeks. Obviously, the uh, Seminole Hard Rock getting back to action with some of their huge tournaments. Uh, and we'll be stopping by some of the rooms. We'll be checking out the first week of Dania. Uh, two other quick notes I needed to mention that you might find a little bit interesting, Joe, is uh, Andrew Yang has mentioned uh, gambling and poker a few times, and he says uh, he is suggesting now he's uh, trying to be elected to the new mayor of New York City taking on uh, de Blasi. And uh, he says he is suggesting that they open a casino in downtown New York city. What do you think about that? <laughs> where was he? Where was he 30 plus years ago when I was living right, right across the, uh, right, right on the other side of the Hudson river. Yeah, I love that. I think that's a wonderful idea. Personally, you know, uh, I I think that's a wonderful idea. So, well, he said uh, you could look at other cities yeah. like Baltimore, St. Louis, New Orleans, Detroit, Cleveland. They all have a casino smack dab in the middle of their downtown. And, you know, while obviously the land in New York is just, uh, you know, sky high as far as a company coming in, uh, you know, obviously we've seen uh, the state of New York expand gambling. And, uh, you know, it's not I, I would say it's not out of the question of something that could possibly happen. No, I, I certainly hope it does happen. Now, now, I'll tell you who doesn't hope it, it happens is Atlantic City from, oh, yeah. at the top of that list and probably the, um, you know, Foxwoods and the Mohegan Sun, um, you know, because they draw so heavily from the metropolitan area of New York and the Boston area, you know, even though I know that Massachusetts, we've mentioned on the show, has had a couple of casinos, right, that have opened up Dave. Where at? In in Massachusetts. Oh yeah, Boston uh, is the casino right in Everett there, uh, you know, by the Mystic River. Uh, the the win, the uh, Encore, uh, Boston Harbor, it's called. But think about it. You've got eight million residents in New York City. You know, um, they would put such a dent on Atlantic City, Philadelphia. You know, Connecticut, and, you know, as I mentioned, uh, the Mohegan Sun and, uh, you know, and Foxwoods. Um, I think it's a no brainer, to be honest with you. I'm sure that 
they haven't done it due to politics. And as you mentioned, the uh, real estate in New York City is, you know, yeah, it's probably sure. as expensive as anywhere in the country. Well, um, you know, so it, 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 it would also affect. I'll give you two other, you know, I would imagine Aqueduct and Belmont racetracks that now have slot machines, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, they wouldn't, they wouldn't be too thrilled. I'm sure. Probably not. Yeah, probably they will never happen. But thrilled about that, but uh, Yang anyway. says he's looking for the money to fund some of his, uh, you know, his pet plans. He believes the casino would provide it. Uh, he said uh, an estimated 1.5 billion in licensing fees and 900 million in taxes annually would uh, would cer- would certainly set up, uh, you know, a recovery in that city. His quote was. Uh, he said the casino would generate so much money it would be bananas. If the city could get that in place and harness some of that, <laughs> it would be one of the engines of recovery in this city. Just something to think I, about. I couldn't, I couldn't agree with him more. So he's, I believe he's 100% correct. He's a mover and a shaker, no question. Uh, the other thing I'll mention is uh, there's uh, consideration in Atlantic City to – since uh, marijuana is legal, uh, New Jersey residents overwhelmingly voted for back in November, recreational marijuana, that they want to allow marijuana on the floor of casinos along with alcohol. I don't see that ever happening. <laughs> I don't either, That's especially since idea, so many people seriously... fight against just regular smoking. I don't think you want some guy with a blunt sitting next to you. Exactly. I I just don't ever see that happening in any casino, regardless of what their uh, you know what their rules are, what their laws are. So well, you know, the button at the poker table goes around clockwise. Maybe the uh, joint would go around uh, counterclockwise. <laughs> bad, bad, you know, you know how that says? bad oh, stereotypical bad. humor, Dave. Very bad stereotypical <laughs> humor. But fun, though, nevertheless. Uh, can you imagine if uh, if they just open things wide open? What the well, world? Well, okay. Like? Excuse me for jumping in here, right? Okay. Um, but uh, what's the difference? There, people are drinking scotch and get liquored up. And Joe tells us these great stories of guys that are, you know, maybe a little over the over the line. We've heard all of those stories. We've all witnessed it. What would the difference be? The smoke is obviously the problem, right? Going in someone else's face. But nowadays, with like these electronic things you see everybody with, their nicotine. What would the difference be if they were if they were to allow those kind of things? The the electronic, you know, vape pen type yeah. thing. That that I could see it actually an argument being made. The smoke in your face. Well, I agree that that should not happen. But then again, I'm against regular smoking. So you would have to train your dealers to say to just about every player. Sir, sir, the actions is on you. <laughs> Stop thinking about the munchies there, buddy. Let's exactly. Go. Exactly. Uh, let me tell you something. And, and I don't want to discourage anything, but when I was working at Dania, they would, you know, as Joe was just mentioning about the, uh, you know, whatever it is, those pots that they smoke and the vapors that they get them off. Oh, my God, there were players that were coming in. Every single night, they they'd walk by me, and I go, "Holy shit!" I go, "I've actually got a contact eye because the smoke was so bad." And you know, as much fun as we're having here talking about it, Dave, um, and so many people that do want it, it would probably turn off way too many people for yeah. a casino. No, I'm sure to allow that. Now, that being said, Dave, wait. That being said, though, think about it. 
California when they outlawed smoking casinos. I know Florida followed maybe seven or eight years later. Um, you know, I could obviously see them. Um, and Cal- speaking of California, they have legalized marijuana, you know, for recreational use also. But I could see them having a section where people could go and and you know, puff puff passes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but. Um, Well, again, again, we're having a couple of problems in your mic, so I think I'm going to close earlier, but I'll just close with this thought. If you had the special poker pot room, no one would know what the minimum proper raise would be. Absolutely correct. (laughs) (laughs) It would mess things up rules-wise. Anyway, let's close things off here in the program. Uh, We appreciate uh, uh, your time today. Go have another drink. Uh, I think I might go have one myself. And uh, Joe Costello, thank you for uh, fighting through. I know you got a little extra editing to do in this program, so uh, you think? I appreciate it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's all right. I support I, it. I'm happy to hey, do guys, it. Then. What was I that, Joe? Thank you very much. Okay. I said I just want to say thank you very much, and I guess I'll be leaving since we're going to close. Okay. Well, thanks for being with us. We thank everybody for being with us today and uh, we'll try to get things straightened out. Uh, you know, hey, in this world of COVID and uh, doing Zoom shows and uh, not being able to be in this professional studio and everything, it's, it's a little rough, but we, uh, we're we glad you're putting up with it. We appreciate it. Any closing thoughts, Joe? I think it was fun. I think okay, it, I yeah. think it was I, great. Absolutely. I support uh, all attempts to have a great time during this very challenging time in all of our lives. I think absolutely. I think we've gained listeners here today. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's no it's no it's no uh, perfect situation ever, but we do appreciate you hanging in there with us. We'll be back with another show next week. Uh, don't forget about all the things happening in town. Dania opening on March the first with six tables. We got. Uh, Calder, uh, the poker room at the Calder Casino uh, with a soft opening today, and they'll have some more uh, news on that when they get things rolling. Of course, the Escalator Series continues at the Seminole Hard Rock, and uh, lots of stuff coming up as far as tournaments. Seems Things seem to be paying up, and we're glad to see it. We'll be back with another show next week to talk about the world of poker here on Poker Action Live. The views and opinions of the hosts, guests, or callers are not necessarily those of the station, its owners, advertisers, or agencies.